Are you struggling to make your first 100K or next? Are you pretending you're successful but barely getting by? Are you tired of comparing yourself to millionaires and billionaires who make it look so easy? Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like how to make your first $100,000, because I believe this is where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck. And I tackle the mental game of entrepreneurship that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are successful entrepreneurs who share their mistakes, their number one fears, their daily habits, and their superpowers that push them over the 100K mark. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show was created for you, the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, our featured guest is Sue Hollis, and you can find Sue at suehollis.com. That's Sue Hollis, H-O-L-L-I-S.com. Sue was a corporate heavy hitter and global airline with global airlines before stepping into the wild world of entrepreneurship. And it is a wild world. You know this. I know this. And now she went out and she started her own travel company in 2000. Her company has grown. Are you ready? To become a $250 million business, becoming the largest independent travel management company in Australia. That's right. I got an Aussie on, on the show with me today and she's got an accent and you're going to love it. So Sue was recognized as one of the top 10 women entrepreneurs in her country. Sue stepped down from the role of Travelodge CEO. She's still the founder. She's on the board. Uh, she stepped down um, in 2015 to ride a BMW superbike solo around the Pacific Northwest for three months. Her first book encompassing that journey called Riding Raw was released in August 2018. So for all you female entrepreneurs who listen to my show, like get a pen and paper, sit down, get, get rid of all the distractions. You're going to want to hear what Sue has to teach us today. Okay. So Sue is now a coach. Uh, she's an adventurepreneur and she's based between Whistler, Canada and Sydney, Australia. So Sue, welcome to the show. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? <laughs> Thanks, Joseph. And thank you for having me. Um, it has literally been an amazing journey. Um, I think for me, um, always driven by corporate success, you know, I kind of felt that that was a traditional role for me. And, you know, after, after having lived a, a big corporate life, you know, I started waking up one day and thinking that I couldn't make a difference in that environment. I couldn't add value um, in, a, in a very strong corporate structure. And so slowly but slowly, kind of the need to do, you know, to do something different and to really make a difference to, to people and clients started to bite me um, to the point where I had no choice but to kind of leave the corporate world behind and kind of step into the role of entrepreneur and to start my own business. Fantastic. So, so we're going to jump into that story, Sue. But before we do, <laughs> go ahead and share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. 
gosh, I'm such an open book, Joseph. I think they know just about everything, especially Come when you on. write a book me, all about yourself. Come on, um, Sue, give me the thing. I want the thing. What you got, um, girl? Okay, this is, this is actually a tough one that, you know, that I suffered from, uh, from anorexia for, for many, many years um, and managed to hide that from the outside world. Um, yeah, so that's a, always a tough one. Startup Nation, come on. This is awesome. Like right there, <laughs> Sue opens up with full transparency, something she's hidden from the world all these years. And listen, I believe that when we get real, when we get transparent and we share our suffering with the world, people connect with us because that's what we're all searching for is real connection. And real connection shows up in our suffering. We all suffer from the same darn things, yet we're all pretending like everything's fine. But it's not. We're human. Yeah. We're broken. <laughs> I have another show, a faith-based uh, podcast called Broken Catholic. And that's what we're talking about, how we're all <laughs> broken, Sue. And it doesn't matter the labels. We're just all broken. All right. So, Sue, um, my, my listener loves context. So, I know we mentioned the $250 million a year. Mm -hmm. But let's talk coaching business just for a second. And then sure. we'll come right back into Travel Edge, which is your big business. How much revenue did you do in your coaching business in the past 12 months? Gross revenue, approximately. Um, about 90000 90,000. Okay. So you're yeah. right there at the hundred K mark. Very close. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. So I may jump back and forth between both businesses with your permission. Is that fun? Sure, sure. Of course. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah. Because we could talk about the real life struggles you're going through year one right now Yeah. that maybe, you know, it's been so far removed with travel edge because that was years ago, 2018 years ago, and it's now $250 million you built that up to. Yeah. All right, cool. So that's fantastic. Um, and how long have you been doing the coaching business right now? Uh, 12 months. 12, okay. All right, perfect. I yeah. love this. The scenario is just... <laughs> it's it's my Synchronicity, huh? <laughs> this is my case study. All right. So Startup Nation, here's why I invited Sue onto the show. One, she was referred by another guest of mine who I highly respect. So right there, it's all about network. It's all about network. I don't have to go do all the research to find out is she the real deal or not. Why? Because my other guest was the real deal. And the real deal people hang out with other people who are the real deal. That makes sense, right, Sue? Absolutely. Fantabulous. <laughs> okay. So, Sue, let's get on about this. How did you make your first 100K in Travel Edge? I want mm -hmm. you to go back in time with me for a second yep. here. Year one, 90% of entrepreneurs are struggling to make their first 100K. Those are my listeners or their next 100K, but they're pretending they're not, right? <laughs> Let's be honest. Let's be it's real. so true. They're, they're posting the highlights of their life on social media, and then they're going home broke and suffering yeah. on the inside, right? Mm -hmm. So let's speak about that. Bring me to your top three tips or mm -hmm. strategies that you deployed year one in Travel Edge that really helped grow that business. Take us through those three. What do you got? Okay. Well, I guess, I guess kind of stepping back into, you know, my first year. I mean, when I started Travel Edge, I started it with a, an amazing business partner and we were very clear that that first year we would be lucky to, you know, to break even. And I guess we kind of went into the business knowing that and knowing that we would need to invest in, in and travel is a very, um, it's a very labor intensive business, or it certainly was then. 
um, you need people to be making bookings. We don't now, but you know, then it, we did. So we knew that we would be investing um, and that we'd be really lucky to make, you know, basically any money in the first year. And, you know, true enough, we didn't, um, which is terrifying, but we planned for it and we were organized for it. Um, but it was really only in our, in our second year that we, you know, that we actually made our first, you know, our first profit. Um, mm. And I, I can still remember the first check that we, you know, that we actually wrote, you know, into the bank, which was just so exciting because, you know, you live, breathe and are, are completely terrified for nearly two years. It was nearly two years before we started making any decent money. Mm. And, um, you know, it's one of those things, I think, you know, as an entrepreneur, when you start into the business, um, you know, I, I, it, it's, I remember being really supported by my family. Um, and at the time, you know, I'm the major breadwinner. Stepping out of a big corporate environment was really scary. Um, I was making a lot of money and knowing that potentially this could be a spectacular success or a spectacular failure was, was absolutely terrifying, especially when you're used to having a big income and you've got small kids. Um, but my heart told me I had no choice but to do it. So, so literally the, those first two years were incredibly difficult. Um, in so our let me pause you right there. Yeah. How did you... Like what inside your heart said, go do this spectacular success or go do this spectacular failure and literally risk everything. Like you had the corporate job, you're making a yeah. ton of money, defining yeah. a ton of money. How much were you making ballpark? Oh, 20 years ago, you know, $450,000. All right. So, all right. Startup Nation, let's put that in perspective. 20 years ago, four fifty. What was that? That's probably like seven fifty now. Would you say yeah. somewhere now? Yeah. 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 Okay. Easily. All right, easily. So Sue walks away from $750,000 a year to pursue something that she, her heart is just saying, go do. Would you do that? Like, would you do that? Are you wrestling with that same decision right here, right now? And maybe you're, you'd have to leave less money than what Sue left. So Sue, what in your heart said, jump, leap? You know, it's one of those things, Joseph, where in the back of my mind, I knew if I asked myself the question, am I happy in this corporate world? I would have to answer that. And the answer would be no. And if the answer was no, I would have to do something. So probably for about the last three years of my corporate life, um, I ignored that question mm. because I knew I would have to take some action, you know, and I knew the answer was no. So when it actually reached the point where I really felt like I couldn't make a difference in that business, I couldn't, I couldn't bring my values to the business. And, and probably that was the biggest thing, you know, for the first time one day I woke up and realized that my values had become more important than the next promotion. Um, and that really shocked me because, you know, I'd been such a, so focused on my career and so driven. Um, and I realized that, you know, I wanted to be, to build a business that was really value-based, where the culture was amazing, where we could create an environment where people could learn and grow and really, really be themselves, that could deliver amazing things for our customers, um, and then hopefully we'd make some money. So, uh, so that was, you know, and when, when that resonation becomes so strong in your body, you have no choice but to go, I gotta do this, I gotta, I gotta follow my heart and do it. Got it. So how long, how long specifically did it take you to hit your first 100K in Travel Edge? Probably about 18 months, but we, we okay. had a really, really tough, um, kind of in our, in our first year in business, um, I came to work one Monday and um, Ansett Airlines, who was a huge Australian airline at the time, had gone bankrupt and they, they owed us a lot of money. 
Mm. Um, day two, their catering company, who is our largest corporate client, went bankrupt. They owed us even more money. And then tragically, on Thursday that same week, September 11 happened, and so everyone stopped traveling. Wow. So in, in our Man, first You got week, like the grand slam of not good news. Yeah, we absolutely did. And, and, you know, even now when I talk about it, it's a long time ago and the business is successful. Even now it makes me want to vomit. It was such a terrifying experience. And, and I had half a dozen beautiful people that kept looking at me. Oh, and, and payroll was due. And these, you know, these beautiful souls were looking at me expecting to be paid. And I'm thinking we're about to lose everything. So yeah, kind of terrifying. So what'd you do? Um, we beg What's borrowed. the strategy? Give me the strategy. When everything goes wrong, year one or 18 months in, yep. you get the triple grand slam of bad news, bad news, and all your accounts receivable are not coming in, right? And there's yep. no chance of them ever coming in. Yep. Like, what did you do? What was the, the strategy you, you deployed? Um, I think, you know, firstly, I, you know, I, I have a great business partner. We literally sat down and went, you know what? We are resilient. We can do this. Um, and, and I think, you know, just firstly, you know, and literally I remember it was the Thursday night, he rang me and said, you know, we're in serious trouble. Um, we both went back to the office Thursday night, left small children and, and we just nodded out a plan. And so the first thing was when our people came in in the morning, um, complete transparency, you know, cause it was really important that we had our people on board and that they participated in the, in the challenge that the business was making. And that was kind of easy for us in a way because we built this business on culture and values and transparency. And so we literally sat with our people and said, look, you know, here's the deal. Um, you know, we've, we've, everything that we've had has just been completely wiped out. You know, we still have a million dollar, we have a million dollar um, airline bill due on Monday because in our business, you, get, you pay the airlines every Monday um, and we all need to work together on this. And, you know, and our team are amazing. So, you know, it, it, they all, they basically, and we got everybody on the phone and I said, the only way that we can actually get through this right now. And we, and kind of with, with every challenge, there is always a silver lining. And so one of the beauties, for example, of Anset going bankrupt was that they, they, and they used to manage a lot of corporate clients. All of these corporate clients were floating out there with, you know, with no one to pick them up. And we had our whole team on the phone, um, literally day after day, after day, after day, harassing for new clients. Um, and literally our business just exploded overnight. I mean, we picked up probably, I'll say 20 million, but our business, it, it, it was around about $20 million worth of travel business, but our business is a, you know, where, where our profit margins aren't, you know, it's 20 million of written travel. So it sounds a lot more than it, you know, wasn't in terms of profitability, but sure. we literally got everybody on the phones. We, you know, we grabbed this new business. We spoke to suppliers and we just said, look, you know, this is what's happened. And, you know, and, and because, you know, we had credibility um, and they knew our business, you know, our creditors actually just, you know, were able to kind of squeeze things and, and you know, and give us some, give us some breathing space. Um, and we literally clawed our way back out of the hole. That is so cool. I really like that. Startup Nation, like this is powerful. Right. Because yes, Sue is talking about numbers that maybe you can't relate to right now in your small little startup coaching business, consulting business, whatever you're doing, your little artsy crafts business. And I'm not diminishing what you're doing. I'm just saying, Hey, if that's the thing that lights you up and lights up your heart and your soul, fan freaking tastic, right? More power to you. However, if you're hearing numbers like a uh, million dollars, you know, bill uh, come Monday, you're like, uh, I can't even imagine. I can't even 
speak at that vocabulary level. It doesn't matter. The numbers aren't what it's, what's important. What's important is that when you have a huge, massive problem right in front of you and you're going into panic mode, you're, you're contracting rather than expanding, right? And you're going into fear rather than in love and expansion, right? This is what we do as human beings. You have the opportunity to find an opportunity in your number one biggest problem. And that's what Sue did, right? And, and the way she did that was she got transparent with herself, her partner, and with her team. And, and just laid it out. Here's what's going on, guys. And then she enrolled their assistants, right? Absolutely. We need your help. Everybody on board. And oh, by the way, created a belief system of we are resilient. Mm -hmm. We can figure this out. We got this. Yeah. Now, what, where's, the, where's the opportunity? And then boom, oh, look, there's a low-hanging fruit of all these clients, our competitors' clients sitting out there not being taken care of or serviced. Well, let's just scoop them up with a net. And sure enough, her business skyrockets from there. Sue, what's your number three strategy? I think I gave two right there. Um, I think just, you know, particularly in terms of business and when you're an entrepreneur, I know for me, um, it was all about, I've got this, I can do this, this is my responsibility, you know, I, I, I need the control in all of this. And one of the biggest lessons that I learned, and it's, and it's a difficult one because you, as an entrepreneur, when your business is new, um, you obviously don't, you, on, you sometimes don't have the cash flow. But for me, it was about investing in the infrastructure before I was ready to grow into it. Mm. Um, and that's always a tricky one because, you know, you either have a choice of, you know, you keep growing and growing and growing and you then just, you know, implode because you haven't got the structure or the infrastructure or the people or, or, the, or the framework to grow into it. And it's quite a scary thing to do. Um, for example, you know, we reached a point where I suddenly realized I can't run the operation anymore. I don't have the skill set. It's getting out of my control. I'm not being good at what I'm, I'm best at. I needed to employ an operations manager, but we didn't have the funds for it. So, but I knew the business couldn't continue to grow whilst it sat in my domain. So having the courage and, you know, facing your fears of actually building into an infrastructure um, prior to being ready for it is one of the biggest lessons I learned. It was the only way that our business could grow and it was the only way that we could leverage it was that when I started to, to build that infrastructure and take myself out and put really good people in here who could do a better job at it than, than I could. That's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. All right, so let's do a quick recap here. Startup Nation, suehollis.com. Go check her out. This woman is a rock star. Okay, for all you female entrepreneurs that are listening to this show right now, get inspired. Get inspired that there is no glass ceiling. The only glass ceiling is the limits you create in your own mind. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter your social economic upbringing. All that matters is what are your belief systems around who you are and what you're fully capable of in this world. And I can tell you right now, success does not discriminate. Neither does failure for that matter. It doesn't care what color, shape, size, rainbow flavor you come in as a human being. If you have empowering belief systems, you will grow and expand and impact the world in a powerful way. And if you have limiting belief systems, you will contract and play small your whole darn life and then probably pass it on to your children and set them up for the same type of life. Right. So I really just want to speak to that quick recap. Sue says her top three tips for making your first $100,000 are one, get transparent. 
with yourself and with others about where you're currently at in your business. Even if it looks ugly, speak about, speak to the ugliness. Because unless you're real about it, you don't have a foundation to build upon. Like if you're pretending you're doing better and everything's fine, but it's actually crashing and burning around you, you can't employ strategies with that, that they won't work, right? So first one, get transparent with yourself and others. Two's, uh, number two, Sue says, is find opportunity in your number one problem. Like literally search it out. There's always an opportunity, she says, in your problem. Find it. That's your responsibility. No one else's. And then number three, Sue says, invest in your infrastructure before you're ready for it, before you grow into it. That's the only way to grow and scale is actually be a little bit of a futurist in your business. Where, what's going to be needed next? Okay, let me start investing in that before we even need it. That's how you grow and expand. That's how Sue did it. Sue, what's missing in those three tips of strategies? Anything you want to add to that? Um, I think, um, I mean, we've touched on it briefly, but I can't speak more highly about the importance when you start a business, making sure that, you know, you're investing in culture. Um, you know, I think uh, Tony Shea from Zappos, who, you know, one's one of the most successful, beautiful, amazing companies. Um, even when you talk to Tony Shea, you know, he says, I would still go back and spend more time, more effort, more energy on culture. Um, and that was really critical to us, being very, very clear on our values, being very, very clear on what our culture was. Because, again, when you talk about scalability in a business, if your people aren't ingrained, if your culture isn't ingrained and your people your values aren't, aren't an integral part of, of how your people work. It's really difficult to maintain that throughout the business as you get bigger and bigger and bigger. And we've got 170 people in our business now. So I, I can't touch each one of them. I could in the early days. I, I can't touch each one of them with culture and values. But our values guide our business decisions. So that makes it really easy. If, if, if our people are unsure about how to make a call, is it aligned with value? Yes or no, we go forward or we let it go. Sue, so, I completely get the importance of values. Let's speak to specifically, how did you come up with your own values then to build a business around? Like what was the specific thing you did? Like you would say to my listener right now where they're like, I'm not sure what my values are. What would you say to them right now? How would they well, find it? For us, I mean, we, you know, we kind of came into the business knowing that we wanted it to be very culturally based and values based. But we, until, until we were kind of our first 12 months, we, it was just we were all over the shop. And then as we started to get a little bit bigger, we actually sat down with our people. And, and I mean, again, you know, it wasn't values were bottom driven. So we sat down with all of our people and we said, okay, think about one person in our team that represents everything Travel Edge, everything brilliant about Travel Edge. And they all kind of in their own head. We didn't say it out loud. And then we said, okay, so write down what it is about that person that makes them, you know, such a beautiful travel age member, such an incredible contributor as a team member. And then it was through that process. I mean, we all wrote, you know, wrote down 100 things and it was through that process that we actually then highlighted, you know, started to come down and bring our values down. Um, so they were developed by our people. And there we we measure our values we performance you know when we talk to our people about our performance you know value you know living our values is an integral part of what we do and and in doing that the business can scale because everybody knows 
you know, from, from day one, the minute they start in our company, they understand their role, they understand their purpose, they understand what we're doing, and they understand how we live and breathe. So it makes scalability that much easier. I remember a quick story about Tony Shea, the CEO founder of Zappos yeah. that you mentioned. And uh, one of the things he does with his culture, as I'm sure you know this, is back in the day when he first was starting out, he would offer new team members that he was hiring. Yeah. Uh, to, I think it was like $2,000 yeah. Yeah, for them to walk away now. Yeah like cash money, walk away now during the interview process. And anyone who would take it, he's like, you know how much money I just saved yeah. in training the wrong person, right? And he said, very few people actually ever take it because they wanna really step into and be part of that culture. What shows they, up for you in that? They do, and I, you know, and I think for us, I mean, you know, we actually bring that into our interviewing processes. So obviously, you know, people need to have the technical skills, but the most important interview we do will be with any six members of our team at a time who will interview someone on values. So, you know, and they actually make the choice. I've put people forward that I, you know, that I wanted to employ and my team have come back and said, no, not values aligned. So I have to, you know, it's, it's the team decision. So, you know, it's, um, I'm overruled. So, wow. You know, that that's must be when it's so that must be so intimidating. If I'm like a, applying for a job over at Travel Edge, your company, and I, I come in and I have to sit down with like six, a whole panel of six people around me, and they're all like, what are your values? What do you stand for? What do you not stand for? I'm just messing. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's really interesting because it's, we use it as a double opportunity because it's, it's then, then they can say, is this place for real? You know, because it'll be everyone from an accounts clerk to a, to a travel consultant, to, you know, anyone in the business, you know, that, that wants to participate in that. And it gives the people coming into the business, number one, it gives them an opportunity to really understand us and see whether it's a fit. And number two, when they start, then they've got six people who have supported their, their application and, and will make sure that that person works. I love it. All right. So Sue, you and I are going to transition the conversation now okay. into something that I'm hoping is vulnerable for you, which is your new coaching business. Fire away. Fire away. Here we go. You are an open book girl. All right. So what are you currently not doing in this business? Because you're at 90K in 12 months. What are you currently not doing in this business, the coaching business that you did in Travel Edge that made it so successful? I think, I think it's one of those things where um, success breeds success. And I, and I also think, I mean, this is a very individual business. So, you know, so with Travel Edge, you know, we had a lot of employees, we had a lot of technology, we had a lot of systems, we had a, you know, a lot of infrastructure and framework. And to be honest, the coaching business in so many ways is so freeing because um, it's just me, you know, and it's just me and my clients. Um, and as much as I've loved, you know, kind of building my business, just that that one-on-one -on -one is just beautiful, and and to be honest, it enables me to have a you know a higher different a higher level of freedom. Um, and I think what I'm doing this time around is not worrying so much. You know, I think I have learnt to let go. I think I've learnt to just kind of be open to, frankly, whatever the universe wants to bring me. And I think I'm I'm getting what I can manage. So. I get that. So let me ask you this, right? Because you don't need money right now. 
I'm right. You don't, right? You've built a, your empire, which is fantastic. Congratulations. I, Thank you. I can imagine all the blood, sweat and tears, right? At 19 years old, I built a seven figure business. I didn't even know how I did it, yeah. to be honest with you. But I know what it looked like. It was 110 hours a week. Yeah. Work, 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 right? So you're now at a place in your life where you don't need money. But you're starting this coaching business one on one coaching. Mm -hmm. And do you have any financial goals in the business just for the business to grow? Or is it literally, no, I don't need the money, Joseph. So I'm just taking on a few clients. And it's really for fun, because it lights up my heart. And I get to contribute and impact other people's lives. Or is it a combination of both? It's a combination of both. And, and um, you know, I am really fortunately, you know, in a, in a good financial position. Um, and you're absolutely right. You know, 20 years of blood, sweat and tears will we'll kind of do that eventually. Um, but I think the thing for me, you know, my coaching is about following my heart. Um, it's about having learned all these incredible lessons and, you know, and through my whole experience in, in corporate and in starting my own business, I think probably one of the most important lessons I've learned is that um, head success, you know, kind of achievement goals, you know, is brilliant, but it's heart success that really makes a difference. And I, having learned that the hard way, um, I, I feel, you know, really passionate about sharing it with my clients and helping them on that journey. Um, but I also want the business to do well financially um, because I'm in a fortunate position to be able to contribute. And, um, and I believe very strongly in charity water um, and bringing water, fresh, clean water to the world. And so, um, so a big chunk of, of, my, of my income my, from this business um, to me is about building worlds. So, uh, you know, looking to try and build worlds and support Charity Water, you know, in their efforts. So I'm really fortunate that I'm able to use this business and kind of do some good with it as well. I love it. All right, Sue, you ready to transition into the hustle round, girl? Here we go. So okay, the let's do round, it. I'm going to ask you 10 <laughs> quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. It's okay. just for fun. It lets us get to know you a little more. Don't overthink it. Are you ready? Fire away. Sue, what's your favorite sound? Oh, um, the sound of my sons that are 21, 23, um, laughing together. They're really close. I love listening to them together. That's awesome. What's your least favorite sound? Ah, uh, the sound of goodbye. We're, we're all over the world and uh, mm. I hate saying goodbye. Mm, I get that. You just hit me in the heart, woman. Oh, it's tough. Sue, if you're being totally transparent, what are you most afraid of? N not fulfilling my purpose in this world. You know, kind of coming to the end of it and going, damn, there was more than I, I could have contributed. Yeah, so dying with regret. Yeah, yeah, I get that. All right. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in business? Scrambling. Scrambling and, and you know, running at 50 different directions, you know, literally just trying everything um, without kind of solidifying an approach. One approach, holding it and being firm and controlled with it. Did you get that startup nation? There's a hidden, hidden truth there. Sue, what secret fear do you have about people? You know, you know, I don't actually think I do have a fear. I mean, I, I am a true believer in people and I'm a true believer in, in seeing the best in people. And I would what, about, what about how people see you? We all have something. What's your secret fear about people? Maybe how they see you? Um, yeah, probably it comes back to um, the need to be, uh, you know, a superhero. 
you know, and certainly in the past, if, if I wasn't perceived as a superhero, then, you know, I was failing. Got that. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? Oh, let go of control. Trust your people. You know, you've employed great people. They do a great job. They're busting to be their best. Let them do that. I literally heard the pain <laughs> in your answer. Oh, like, my God. Oh, like, like that was a painful <laughs> life lesson for you to so get. True. What is a new habit you want to form? Oh, being, being more present in the, in the moment. Mm, got that. What's a bad habit you want to break? Needing external validation. Wow. That's a good one. Mm -mm. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Wow. Uh, creative, adventurous, growing. Got it. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in business. Driven, determined, and demented. Demented. <laughs> That's the first time demented has been used on this show, Startup Nation. Uh, so true. And last question, Sue. If you could come back to life and look your family and friends in the eye, look your two sons in the eye, and come and, and give them one, only one piece of advice. What would you say to them? We're all connected. We're all one. We're all connected. We're all one. Startup Nation. And Sue, any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first $100,000 or next? I love the book, The War of Art by Stephen Pressville. And he talks about um, resistance. And I think when we step into our business, when we step into the field of entrepreneurship, you know, firstly, don't wait. Don't wait for the right time. There's never a right time. And secondly, when you feel resistance, which is fear, understand that it is just an emotion. It's just a feeling. It's not who you are. It's not what you are. And so... If you can separate resistance and you can see it for just being a fearful emotion, it's not who you are, then it gives you the courage to step forward. And it gives you a choice in the matter. Absolutely. I Absolutely. love it. Sue, what is the best way for Startup Nation to get in touch with you? Um, website, uh, suehollis.com. Or I'm on email, sue at suehollis.com. And uh, Instagram, suehollis underscore. Fantastic. Sue, thank you for joining us today on First 100K. And I wish you peace, love, and your next $100,000 in your coaching business. <laughs> Thanks, Joseph. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. God bless. Startup Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your business without building faith in your business. If you want to have that conversation on the faith side of things, go check out my other podcast called Broken Catholic. On that show, I interview all different guests about why the world isn't working right now. Plus, I tackle unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with, but won't admit. We gotta get your faith right to get your business right. Go to brokencatholic.com. I'm Joseph Warren and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and I'll see you right back here next week.